Welcome to the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. We're coming to you every week to discuss topics for family protectors. We're about creating community for tactical dads and moms, doing the work to become better protectors and providers, and being force multipliers for good. So come on in, sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. I'm so excited to be back at it this week. Um, this week we're going to talk about shooting from retention. Uh, if you don't know what shooting from retention is, it's essentially um, for for folks that would maybe be in a in an altercation, and instead of being at um, the normal seven yards for for training um, at the range for marksmanship, um, the the attack would be happening up close and personal, and require you to possibly fight your way to your pistol, draw it, and shoot it in an extreme close quarters um, type scenario. And so basically the way you would shoot uh, may be a little bit different than um, how you would uh, present your pistol and shoot it at range, right? Um, and, and why this is really important is because it takes a lot of skill and, and training to be able to do this. Folks that say otherwise are not paying the, the proper um, respect due to the time and effort it takes to learn and train to fight to your pistol properly. Um, because if you do it wrong, you're endangering your own life and the lives of innocent folks. Because, again, shooting from retention is shooting from an unconventional um, way really, um, to make sure that that round goes where it's supposed to into a bad guy. Um, and lining up your sights is not always uh, possible, right? And anytime we're not lining up our sights with a pistol or a rifle or anything like that, we're not exactly as, as confident where that round will go um, as if you have your sights lined up, right? It's just science. Okay, so shooting from retention is something that should be done in a very specific way under very specific circumstances um, because remember there's a lawyer attached to every round you fire in self-defense um, not only that you throw out the lawyer situation I just I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I hurt an innocent person even while defending my own life it's just unacceptable right so shooting from retention um, I have um, you know, I have some uh, links in the show notes that I'm going to talk about in a minute here. But if um, if you want to look it up, just go into Google and, and, you know, Google shooting from retention. Right. OK. But essentially, there is there's a lot of folks out there doing training, videotaping themselves and posting it to the Internet um, in, in practicing these close shooting and shooting from retention skill sets. And while that's good, I'm, I'm glad folks are out there doing the work. The problem is, or can be, that if they're doing something wrong or they're doing something dangerous or ineffective, it's teaching other folks who maybe don't know as much as them or don't know better to go ahead and perpetuate um, that to, to other people, to, to try and replicate it themselves. And when they get into a real situation, God forbid, you know, things could go really bad. Now, I'll give an example here. I didn't I didn't post um, this individual's video because quite honestly, I didn't know how to do it efficiently. Um, but basically there was a woman practicing um, close, 
close shooting techniques on a, a target, you know. Um, and basically, she, before drawing, she went and flicked out her, her fingers and tapped the target and scampered backwards while shooting. And, you know, I just for somebody like myself that's trained martial arts, um, you know, been in real altercations, you know, when any time that you are attacking with your hands or feet or anything like that, it's interesting when you see folks that are just kind of going through the motions, if you've ever trained martial arts and kind of going through a pattern, but there's no, there's no realistic training capacity there. Um, and then scampering backwards while shooting, you wonder what, what circumstance is an eye poke going to stop a determined attacker? Now I'm totally, I'm, I'm totally in favor of, um, interrupting somebody's vision right another way you have to but you can't win a fight with just poking somebody's eyes especially a determined attacker who's probably you know aggressing you hard and scampering backwards it just it's not the best technique in the world right there's other things that you can do in the meantime and and where i'm kind of going with this i'll i'll kind of you know jump to the the punchline here you got to have some grappling skills an eye poke without grappling skills, without being able to um, do efficient uh, body pummeling and understanding the neck clinch and arm ties and all that kind of stuff. Without those things, a determined attacker is not going to be stopped with an eye poke and you scampering backwards to create space to draw your pistol. They're still going to stay on you. And it's been proven many times in training. I've proven it. Other instructors um, that are way more credentialed than myself have proven that. And there's lots of um, officer um, footage uh, showing that as well. So while I, I thought, man, that's awesome. There's, there needs to be more women in the shooting um, culture, community club, whatever. Um, I'm seeing this being done. And somebody taught that to her. Somebody taught that to her. And it's outdated. Um, and it's ineffective. And the reality is... Um, it could get other people hurt because they're going to be watching that thinking, oh, this is how you do it. And it's fun to do at the range and I'm blasting off a bunch of rounds really quickly. Now, the second thing is I did post this in the show notes here. Um, what not to do. Um, don't do this. Right. It shows an instructor. And again, I want to do this out of a, out of a position of love uh, for those that might be, you know, learning more, um, trying to increase their skill set here. Right? It's not out of a, oh, you suck, and, and I'm good, because there's stuff that I'm sure I can work on, too. And I hope somebody, if they point that out to me, you know, does it, tries to do it in the same capacity I'm doing. But again, I don't want innocent people hurt, whether they're people that are out and about um, when, a, when a defense situation happens and they get hit, you know, possibly injured by a stray round or the person themselves that has learned an ineffective or dangerous technique uh, from shooting from retention or fighting to their pistol and end up paying the ultimate price because of it, right? We want to have tier one training, the best techniques, and believe it or not, a bad technique does not fall in the category of, well, it's better than something. That's not necessarily true, or I'm sorry, not better, you know, it's better than having nothing, right? That's not necessarily true. Um, so this instructor was saying, hey, you know, in this scenario, I'm training where I'm pinned up against a wall 
and he was teaching the speed rock. Uh, and if, if, if you're not familiar with the speed rock, you can Google it and look it up. He demonstrates it as well. But essentially, it's pulling your pistol out, rocking back to create some space, and right from you know almost hip level, uh, orienting the gun um, or the firearm horizontally, right, and into the bad bad guy. The problem is, it's not very accurate. Um, there, there's just been lots of data that shows that it's not, lots of footage that shows it's not, it's an outdated technique. Um, and, you know, originally, you know, back in the day, officers were taught that, um, but there's so many better techniques, right? It didn't acknowledge, the speed rock did not acknowledge the fact that you are probably going to have to fight to your pistol in contact ranges, and you better have good grappling skills. The speed rock does not acknowledge that. It says, I can get to my pistol and create space faster than you can get a hold of me. Well, we found out that that's not true, right? Um, so basically, this instructor is very confident in using the speed rock because I'm sure that's what he was taught. And part of the problem is when we, I think anyway, my guess is he was taught something. He believed it worked wholeheartedly, trained it many, many, many times. And as training advanced and we found out, hey, there's a better way of doing things, he stayed where he was at for whatever reason, right? There's a lot of us out there. Um, all of us probably do that to some degree in, in certain areas of our life. But when it comes to shooting from retention and fighting to your pistol, having something that's ineffective is not acceptable, right? <laughs> so anyway, that's where I'm going. He describes being up against a wall and pulling the pistol and rocking. But the problem is, if you're being pinned against a wall, you're not really rocking anywhere. And drawing your pistol while you should be grappling or in the clinch, right? Controlling, um, controlling the body, um, that's not the time to introduce a pistol into the struggle, right? Because guess what? It's a race to that pistol. And now you're struggling. And this is this is repeating what we've seen many times um, in officer um, footage um, of, you know, car cams and stuff like that, where uh, an officer is wrestling over a pistol with a, with a um, criminal, right? This guy is actually going and teaching exactly what's going to happen. That's reality, you know, but it's not, the outcome is not going to be the same way as this, this instructor thinks it is. Probably not, right? Um, and again, there's, there's many better instructors out there than myself um, that would go ahead and say this. So it's it's not Chris saying, I know the magic solution here. No, this is, these are pressure tested techniques, um, the bad ones and the good ones, right? And we know we have enough data now to know what works and what doesn't uh, most of the time. Okay, there's another, um, and again, that's, that's um, in the show notes there, uh, what not to do, you'll see the link. Um, there's another somewhat known uh, shooting instructor um, who's known for very, very fast shooting. Every time I watch this instructor, I'm, <laughs> I'm just blown away. <laughs> Maybe someday I'll, I'll get to half his speed, right? Um, just an awesome, uh, awesome technique for shooting fast. Uh, his ability to recover during recoil 
and put that next round very close to the, the first round is really good. Where I have an issue with this instructor is, because he's very good in that regard, um, his uh, extreme close quarters or retention shooting skills scare me, right? Because he's so fast, he tends to shoot from the hip in something that's very reminiscent to what I just talked about, the speed rock. Now, a lot of times he kind of rocks to the side, but it's all the same. Shooting horizontally from the hip, it's, it's very hard to control where your rounds are going because not only do you have a vertical axis to worry about, but you have a horizontal axis to worry about there. And, and those rounds, if they don't, if they don't connect with the person, because remember, this person is trying to knock your head off. They may be under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Um, they may not be responding to even a round that grazes their side, right? Or their midsection or something like that. Um, that's something to, to remember there is, is just because you're shooting very fast with a pistol, you know, handgun rounds are not the most effective man stoppers. And many of us know that, you know, rifle rounds are, do a much better job. And I think that's why people shoot so many rounds in training and shoot so fast, right? Is because they're training to that. Um, they know, hey, a nine millimeter is not as effective as a 300 blackout or a, a 5.56 or a 308. Therefore, I'm gonna put more medicine on the wound, right? That makes sense, I get it. But the problem is, is doing that um, very fast in a dangerous way is not good either. So you have this really, this instructor that's very good at show, uh, showing people how to uh, shoot fast and shoot accurately from a standard uh, position from a draw, but then teaches uh, a close retention shooting um, technique that's, eh. the problem is, again, remember, you're shooting from the hip, you're shooting horizontal to the ground, you're not able to control um, and index that, um, that muzzle the same way. Okay, so again, that's, that's kind of dangerous. So you have this perpetuation of dangerous techniques. And I, I just, I need to call it out, right? So if you're listening to this and you don't train um, extreme close quarters or shooting from retention, I'm gonna provide here in a second or a minute or so some, some resources that I know are tried and true. Um, the process has been proven out and it gives you the best chance to not only quickly stop the threat, but also avoid harming an innocent with stray rounds or harming yourself, right? Okay, so just want to cover these. Don't make these mistakes. Don't shoot from the hip with a speed rock, okay? Remember, your, your muzzle is horizontal to the ground. You're not able to index the way you think you might be able to. And while you're doing it slow and maybe even building up some speed on some paper targets, the reality is under stress, when somebody's trying to beat your head in, um, data, history would indicate that rounds go flying everywhere, okay? All right, uh, failing to pressure test. Now I'm gonna reference the woman back who was um, training the, the eye flick there and scampering backwards as she's uh, pouring rounds into the target, right? There's a good chance you're running backwards in a, in a high stress situation you're gonna trip and fall. It just, it's happened so many times on footage, on, on camera, 
um, in these type of situations where, again, just an officer-related shooting, the adrenaline factor, it's up there. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn how to move in a fight, but running backwards to avoid the fight while hosing an area down with rounds may not be the most effective tool in the toolbox. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it might not be the most effective tool in the toolbox. And I think you'll agree with me when you take a look at these training resources. So failing to pressure test is one of those things. Um, many folks use simunitions, um, which are kind of marking rounds. They hurt like heck. And, and with qualified instructors, again, they can be dangerous if you're, they're not used in the, the correct um, training context and, and with the correct equipment. Um, but simunitions rounds are really good for um, pressure testing things because you're still getting shot and force on force. Um, but again, this is after um, you've had lots of training in the technique and then go to actually put some force on force. Um, that'll show folks if it's real, if the technique is real, if the strategy is real, or whether it's BS. So again, don't make the, the mistake of not pressure testing whatever close quarter technique or strategy uh, for fighting to your pistol and, and retention shooting. Uh, that's, that's kind of universal now, I think. Uh, the third thing is relying on inaccurate speed. Okay, missing the fastest in a fight doesn't mean you win, right? And it's just one of those things where, again, we, we watch lots of footage of folks that are drawing and shooting quickly, but are those effective shots and are you shooting faster than you can assess the situation? Because remember, again, it's, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but our job is to shoot to stop the threat. If you shoot faster than you can be assessing what's going on with the target, that could cause trouble too. Okay, so speed doesn't mean you win. It's the the old adage of the firstest with the mostest is the bestest, right? Um, so you definitely want to. Bring the best first, but um, you know, just shooting from the hip very fast again is a recipe for disaster. Okay, so, so here's some uh, here's some truths I'm going to lay down that I'm aware of, right? And if you have some differing viewpoints, if you have some thoughts, you say, Chris, you know what? You forgot this, or you might want to pay attention to this. I'd love to hear your comments. Go over to Instagram. Go over to Facebook. Uh, Family Man Tactical. Again, the link's in the show notes there. And you can tell me, uh, let me know. Because again, I'm always trying to um, get better than where I was at. But there's some things um, that I know for certain because I have pressure tested these items, right? I know for a fact do work. And um, yeah, let's jump into it here. Okay, so how do you, how is the correct, I've said what not to do, right? And I've given some examples that you see in the show notes there. But um how do you shoot from retention? Well, there's something called the four count draw stroke. And you probably have seen, if you've stopped and looked in the show notes now, you probably saw um, a YouTube link from 2008. It's called uh, four count draw stroke. And it's an instructor showing exactly the four count draw stroke that I use, okay? And there's it's good because it is so, it's so effective for one, keeping you and others safe, but also addressing a threat. Okay, so the first portion of the first uh, four count draw stroke is to establish the grip, right? 
that's actually Craig Douglas has said this before. Other other instructors have said this before. The most amount of time from the start of an altercation to shot fired, the the longest part is truly establishing a grip from concealment. That's the hardest part. That's the longest part is establishing a proper grip. Um, so number one, establishing that grip from concealment. Number two, bringing it into the number two retention position where the thumb is flagged on the pistol hand um, to the pectoral muscle. The elbow is drawn way back. The firearm is indexed on the side of the pectoral at almost a 45 degree angle. Now, think about this for a second. If you're in a struggle and you've got to the point where you did draw your pistol and you brought it back to the number two position, but the person is already on you at this point, using the side of the pectoral with your thumb flagged and the pistol oriented at a 45 degree angle puts the round where? Right around the pelvis, right? Okay, think about this. If you miss, where's that round going to? It's going into the ground, right? in the general vicinity of the attack. It's not oriented um, in a horizontal fashion from the hip that could miss and continue on for another, you know, 50 yards at that at that kind of tra trajectory, right? Okay, so it's you immediately see how this is safer. Here's the other thing. The pelvic girdle, when a round hits it at 45 degree angles, it's from from what I've been told from people that have actually done it, <laughs> uh, former action guys, uh, around to the pelvic girdle will anchor somebody, right? And, and you know, you can do the math from there. Okay, so um, number two position is from an indexed off the index position with the elbow way back, um, 45 degree angle down, and then moving to the third position there is where the pistol moves to the center line of the body, the support hand meets up with it, and now we're in a compressed ready. The compressed ready is still somewhat on a downward angle there, you know, and obviously the it starts to rotate up as you're punching out into a number four position. But here's the other thing too. Again, from a number three position there, let's say you made it through the number two and we're already transitioning to number three, coming to center line of your body for a support grip there getting ready to punch out for your presentation of the pistol, but the, the threat was already on you from that point, again, you're still on a downward trajectory there. And if you have to fire, it's indexed on the center line of your body with both of your forearms tight against where you would kind of hold your phone and, and look down and, and text with your phone. Okay, so you're indexed um, correctly. There's a greater chance that that, that round is gonna stay straight um, oriented to the center of, of the threat, right? Again, at a downward angle. It's not till that punch-out presentation when the sights come, come up to meet where your eyes are at, right? And again, so that's the four-count draw stroke. Look in the show notes there. You can see one, two, three, and four. It's a very safe way to address not only getting on target very, um, very methodically, right, but also handle threats that maybe you didn't see, right? That are all of a sudden on you, uh, maybe from an oblique um, as, you, as you get used to training this. Okay, so um, how fast do you shoot? That's the other thing too, is okay, I know the four count draw stroke, it addresses 
close threats and distant threats. Um, it's very methodical. How fast should I shoot? Well, that depends on what you're doing, right? Again, pistol calibers are really kind of ineffective man stoppers. And I agree, um, more rounds on target, uh, given the context that the threat is still a threat. You know, the quicker you can do that makes sense. But overshooting your ability to assess the target and what's going on in the situation is just not a good thing. And that comes through training. And that's not the point of this podcast um, is shooting fast, but it's something to address with, you know, close quarter combat. So remember, establishing the grip takes the most amount of time to the shot process, not unholstering and firing the round. So how fast should you shoot? That depends. Is your target responding? Are they still a threat? That'll tell you. Okay, shooting fast from the horizontal hip rocking, you know, position, rocking backwards. We already said it's dangerous for other bystanders. But the one thing I didn't cover there was the fact that it puts you off balance. When you rock back into the side, uh, almost like you're slipping a punch, but you stay there because you're firing rounds, that just opens you up to go to the ground, not on your terms. And for all my ground fighters out there, um, going to the ground on your terms is better than going to the ground on somebody else's terms, right? Uh, so again, you're. <laughs> can you imagine firing rounds from the hip? is you're being taken to the ground and now the rounds are really going off in any old direction. Okay, so there's, again, there's some some safety issues there, but you're needlessly putting yourself off balance. And I think everything we do, even to, I don't know, unconventional shooting positions with carbines should be done with the best amount of balance, even if you're in a supine position, um, you get there in a very methodical way, right? The same thing goes to shooting from retention. You've got to have base, right? So again, if the speed rock is your thing and you want to stick with that old shooting technique, that's great. Don't do it around me or my family because um, it's a recipe for disaster. It's going to get you hurt, could get you hurt if somebody's a determined attacker and you can't guarantee your rounds are going to go anywhere but in a dangerous uh, direction if you don't hit your target. If I'm fighting from a retention number two position and I miss my target, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to go into the ground in the immediate area um, that I'm having that fight. Much safer, right? Okay, so there you go. Um, those are some truths um, that I feel really strongly about if you can't tell. Um, the other thing too is there's no getting around this. We gotta learn to fight to your pistol. And the best way to do that is in the grappling arts, right? Uh, again, I have a couple good resources coming up here, um, but essentially the body clinch, right? And the neck clinch um, are definitely, uh, definitely the base um, for learning to fight to the pistol for me, right? Um, and you don't want to put in bad reps, right? So if somebody's teaching you to jab the eyes and run backwards, those are bad reps. And if you practice them enough, uh, it's going to be really hard to undo those things with good training, right? Um, so I'll just kind of let it rip here. Uh, really good training resources. Um, Warrior Poet Society Network. I get literally nothing from these guys um, from boosting them. I just totally believe in the network, um, and I'm a member there. And I think uh, 
you know, the, the folks that they've brought on for the most part are top notch. Um, one couple guys that you're going to want to pay attention to is Craig Douglas. Obviously, he's got a series on there. Before that, he had uh, some of his own productions. And of course, you can go out and train with him um, in person. Craig Douglas, his, his platform uh, for ECQC, as it's called, Extreme Close Quarters Combat, uh, I believe that's it. Uh, essentially, but again, the four count draw stroke, just as I, I uh, described there, um, just as the, the link in the show notes described there, um, but the body pummel and everything from that base and being able to safely get your pistol on the target and work the body with rounds and then create space to address other threats is, uh, is such a good thing. Um, another one that I saw on there um, and is kind of the, the center of the picture <laughs> for the podcast is Dom Rosso. Uh, I hope I pronounced his name right. But again, he's also on the War, uh, Warrior Poet Society Network. I think um, Deadliest Skills episode uh, was on there. Um, again, very good skill set. Same kind of thing there. Another maybe lesser known instructor, but really good, is uh, Redbeard Combatives. You can look him up on YouTube. Again, he's more more inclined to fight through the threat than to try to create space as the threat chases you, right? Um, and it just kind of, as soon as I saw him, I said, oh yeah, this guy gets it. This guy's on top of it. I'd love to go train with Redbeard Combatives. I think he's uh, in the South somewhere, either Florida or Texas. But um, man, just... Uh, that guy, you can tell he's pretty switched on. And uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu background, um, grappling-based, and uh, trains a lot of fighting to the pistol. Um, so I love it. Those are some top-notch instructors. You can go get some of that training today um, if you're not a part of the Warrior Society Network. Um, you can go ahead and sign up for that. And you can start going through those classes today. That's how quickly it is. And... You know what, Craig Douglas does a way better job than I do of dispelling some of the myths of some of the older um, retention shooting techniques and what they've learned through actually pressure testing it um, and going to Fight Club on a regular basis. So just kind of lessons learned. Not all retention shooting training is good. Some of it's a recipe to get you and others killed. That's the bottom line. It's, a, it's maybe some hard medicine, um, but I wish somebody... Um, would tell me the same if if I've got something that may get me hurt. And others seem to do that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, fighting to your pistol is just that. It's a fight. You got to learn how to fight to your pistol. Scampering away without seriously injuring somebody, a determined attacker, is just going to ensue a chase. It's like running from a dog. It, it's an instinct. Um to get a, a bad guy to chase you, right? So body pummeling, um, the neck clinch, those are things that you wanna learn how to do if you don't already know how to do that. Um, and again, I think there's a reason we don't see this is, is because it requires you to learn to fight. You gotta get into grappling. You gotta get into the neck clinch. You gotta get padded up. You're gonna have to take some shots. You're gonna have to give some shots. You're gonna have to be sore. So. Uh, despite the, the fact that not a lot of people do that, there are enough people out there that know that there's a good chance um, in an altercation that you could go to the ground, right? And 
having those skills are really good. I'm trying to better my ground game um, as, as I go on, as, as time is, is available. And I have um, some good mentors. Um, actually, uh, when it comes to ground fighting, I've got a, a very close friend um, that I'm going to have on at some point um, that uh, has a podcast. I think you should look it up. It's called Tom uh, Writes and Rolls. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, purple belt. Um, he's a pretty switched on guy and uh, looking to help folks. So if, if you're if you're looking to get better trained, and I know I am, you know, there's resources out there. Some of it's free training. Some of it you got to pay a little money. Oh well, you know what? Nothing, nothing good in life comes completely free. Um, there's a lot of bad training out there too, though. So I'm just uh, just trying to look out for for you folks, you family protectors out there, because you know I don't want to get bad training. I know you don't want to get bad training or outdated or ineffective training. And again, I can't stress this enough. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to uh, you know be mean or anything like that. I just have a heart for for folks that um, maybe get some bad advice and think a technique will work. When their life is on the line, when their their family's life is on the line, and they find out, uh oh, it only had a ten percent chance of being pulled off by somebody that was a lot bigger and stronger and faster than me, right? So we want to go after techniques that are effective for most people most of the time um, to the highest percentage. That's all. So hey, look, I know I blabbered on here. We're at thirty four minutes. Oh my gosh, man. This is a really passionate topic for me because I've spent a bit of time uh, training to fight to my pistol. And um, yeah, I've hit all the highlights here. Look, I'm going to do this. I hope you do, do too. Um, get out there, build that community of like-minded people. Be kind to each other. You know, get out there, train, do the work. Be a force mul multiplier for good. Um, obviously, I'm getting tired because I'm tripping over my words. But I hope you have a blessed rest of the week. Um, yeah, stay safe, folks. Bye.